Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is preacher James Marks of Crossroad Christian Church near Tupelo, Mississippi. James, we've been acquaintances for many years, but the two revivals we've been blessed to do together here at Crossroads, I believe, are helping us to become real friends. I, I think so. And I'm ready to learn more about you today. So, Brother James, tell us your story. Okay, my story begins. I was born and raised uh, at, out in South Hilla, Mississippi, in Lee County. Yeah. Uh, uh, my parents were sharecroppers. We lived on a farm. Uh, wow. My mother was a strong Christian woman. My dad was not saved, and so I grew up in a, an equally yoked family. I never went to church much growing up, and uh, just said, but when uh, we, when I was about 11 or 12, we moved to Tupelo, which is also in Lee County. I lived my whole life in Lee County except for three years in the service. Really? Yeah, uh, the whole life. And, so, and Saltillo is on the north side of uh, Tupelo. It is on right? the north yeah. side. It is correct right. on it. Yeah. And, uh, but we, I, I'm, I'm the middle child of three. I've got a sister older, sister younger growing up. But uh, I went into the Army, volunteer served three years in the Army. I served in Fort Polk, Louisiana. Went to Korea for a year. Did, and then came back to Fort Hood, Texas for my last 18 months. Of now, I don't know, what years were you in service? From 1963 to 1966. Okay. I didn't think you were old enough to be in the Korean conflict, but <laughs> now, it was 10, I want to make that clear. It was 10 years after the conflict. Okay. It was in 53 out there, in 63 to 64. Uh, got out of the service, and I came back to Tupelo and worked here. And on um, July the 10th of 1971, I met Judy Kellum. And... Uh, we were married uh, January the 21st of, the, of 1972, enjoyed 48 years of wonderful marriage and raised two children and until uh, cancer uh, won the battle uh, January the 27th of 2020. But she was such an encouragement to me. She was an encouragement to all of us. She was. She, she sure was. So much wisdom. So much yes. Wisdom. She was certainly was. Uh, but she was a piano. She played the piano for Oak Ridge Christian Church, and so, so she would drag me to church, you know, because we <laughs> there. You know? And uh, that was love. Uh, then in nineteen seventy two, uh, Brother Lewis Regis, he graduated from Mid South Christian College. He came to Oak Ridge uh, Christian Church for his first ministry, and was there for about a year. And and I just thank God. He he had so much patience with me, you know, as far as <laughs> leading me to the Lord. Yeah. He wanted to come out to the to the house during the week, and I found all excuses, you know, and finally I ran out of excuses, so he, he came out and, and, and witnessed and led me to the Lord and baptized me, and and uh, so thankful for him. If he listens to iPod, iPod, iCap, you know, podcast, and I, mm. I thank him. I last I contacted with him, he was in Kansas, you know, and a long time ago, but, uh, but I was saved, and, you know, and then I, we just drifted out of church for two years. You know, you can just, you don't, you can either, you don't just stop, you just drift out. And so we, yeah. and, uh, and in, in fall of 1978, Oak Ridge contacted Judy and said, we're having a fall revival. We don't have a piano player. Would you come and play the piano? So she said she would. And, uh, during the revival, they said, you know, why don't y'all just come to church here? 
and you play the piano for us. And so we prayed about it, and and we did do that. But in the meantime, we we were thought we couldn't have any children, and we was had tried five years to adopt a child, and and we sat down and we said, you know, unless we have our our life right now, God's not going to bless us with a child. So we made a commitment before we went before we took the church back. I made a commitment that any time the church doors was open, we would be in church. You know? Really, it really stayed with me throughout my Christian ministry too. You know that commitment right. we made. And uh, but then uh, after that, within six months, we had our daughter Nicole in 1979. So Adop- just, adopted, adopted, adopted. Yeah. So yeah. God just blessed us, you know. And then at such a stage in 1980, Brother Dale Carr came to Outreach Christian Church. And, and we've interviewed Brother Dale interviewed on this program. Yeah. He's such a blessing. We just... Uh, to all of us. Yeah, to all of us. He sure was. And uh, and when he was there, uh, he got me to be Sunday school superintendent. And he trained uh, seven of us to be deacon, ordained, elected and ordained deacon. I was one of those seven. And learned so much under him. He was really you know, a great teacher. Uh, we... Uh, we left in 1982. We left to go to Verona Christian Church because Judy's parents were going there, and they didn't have a piano player. They now, said, "Please come down here." Verona's on the south side on of Tupelo. You're still staying in Lee County. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we stayed in Lee County. That was south side, and so we did. And then we, when we went there, uh, Judy found out she was expecting with our, our son Nicholas, and oh. it seemed like every time that we. Uh, that we follow God's leading, He blessed us, you know. So we look back. I believe that's true. Yeah, that yeah. Man, you know. But before we left Oak Ridge, uh, Brother Dale, he had a, he started to read through the Bible uh, program, and we had uh, like a Sunday school book that had like a daily reading with a commentary. And so I carried it, continued reading it. I never had any kind of commentary that would tell, explain the Bible. And I got such a hunger and a thirst for God's Word, I just couldn't quench it, I couldn't get filled. And so I began to grow in the Lord. And uh, and one of, the, of those uh, little commentaries they had down there, it said, God does not ask about your ability or about your inability, but he asks about your availability. And I yes, wrote sir. that in front of my Bible, you know, and uh, each time I was I was asked to do something, I didn't think I could do it for the Lord, I'd go back to that availability, you know. And so it really helped me to go through. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, but uh, I, I served there in Verona. I was a, a deacon and elder and Sunday school teacher. And uh, so I, I uh, as song leader, but I got some valuable experience at Verona. And then in 1983, uh, I preached my first sermon there. Uh, well, now, Dale, let's back up again. I want to make sure we get this clear. You you started going to Verona at what year? In 1982. 82. So yeah. a year later, you're preaching your yeah, first yeah, sermon. Brother there. Derek Gray was the, was the minister there. Right. And he was going to be out of town, and he said, can you preach for me? So I worked, had about two months to work on my sermon, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and I, I thought I had a 20-minute sermon. I ended up about 10-minute sermon, you know. I, it, I, we, we've all done that I, when we started out, sure. I, I just felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And then uh, everyone keeps saying, you need to go to Bible college, you know, because you love learning. And uh, and I, I thought, how can I go to Bible college, uh, you know, with married and two small children? And so as we was praying about it, both Judy's mother and my mother both were uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So it kind of shut the door on, uh, on, uh, on going to Bible college. But Brother Dale, in the meantime, he, those deacons, he had trained them to go out into the uh, and pull, fill the pulpits if somebody was out. 
And so I called him and told him, I said, you know, if, if you have a, uh, you have somewhere that need to go and don't have anybody, I'd be glad to go, you know, fill in. And he just really blessed me. He just kept calling, you know, he just lined me up with places to go. So I, I was able to go in churches all over North Mississippi, North, in North Mississippi area and preach, you know. Where are some of the places that you preach well, in North Mississippi? I, I preached at Amory, uh, Oklahoma, and Etiwamba quite a bit. I preached a lot at Amory, North Boulevard. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and Etiwamba's where our and, office is located yeah, so I now. I preached at Etiwamba yeah. there, you know. I preached at Walden Street several times in Corinth mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at Harper Road at the time yeah. over there. I preached at J, uh, Charity Christian Church there, right. Brother Travis, uh, a couple of times, you know, boy, there in that year of time. And so, uh, but that was, it, but he really blessed me, you know, got me to go to, you know, to fill in places. And I, I got feeling more better about each time I went. And then in uh, 1992, uh, First Christian Church at Baldwin were suddenly without a minister. And so they called me, and uh, Brother John Maker, an elder there, he said, and he called me, asked me to come and preach, and it was morning and night that would go. And I went, and said, you come back next week? And I said, yeah. So after a few weeks, he said, can you preach indefinitely until we find a minister? And I said, I can, you know. Availability. And so, and availability. Yeah. You know, and that was the hardest test I've had in my ministry. <laughs> I, I was working like 65 to 70 hours a week on the job. Oh. And I was trying to learn how to build sermons, you know, and I had to do two sermons. Sure. And uh, and then the, the, the song leader and he also taught adult Sunday class had knee surgery, so I ended up leading singing and teaching Sunday school too. So, you know, oh. but the people there, they were so encouraging. They just, they knew I was struggling, but they, they just always there to get encouraged. Folks at Baldwin are good folks. Yeah. It was three months ministry that I had there, and it was it's a great time. They called Brother Joe Carraway to come up there. And Joe's been interviewed on this program yeah, as okay, well. Yeah, great, you know. Yeah. But either way, I continue on the supply preaching. We're still at Oak Ridge and, uh, during this time. In January of uh, 2000, uh, Miss South Christian College had a men's retreat, and we were able to go up there to the retreat. And, uh, and on Saturday morning of the retreat, uh, then the president, Brother Larry Griffin, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Brother Travis Smith came over and said... Uh, Bill Griffin. Uh, Bill Griffin. Bill, Bill Griffin. The, the, the right. daddy... Right. Okay, Bill Griffin. Bill, Bill Griffin. Bill was president then, right. Bill, did I get Bill? I'm oh, sorry about yeah. that. Bill, no, that's all right. I just... Yeah. We get to talking, so now we miss something. Griffin. That's right. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, they, they probably said that Brother Travis is leaving to take a church, a charity Christian church. He's leaving to take a church at Olive Branch. Can you help out some? And I said, yeah, I sure can, you know. And so... Uh, that was January, and then in March, the first Sunday of March of 2000, uh, Brother Travis called and said, can you come up and fill in for me? I had filled in for him like two times in different years, you know. So I went, and, and he had already he had left, only left to go up to Olive Branch. So they said the next week they tried somebody else, and then the next week they called me back, you know. And finally, uh, I was going every Sunday, and in June of 2000, they asked me, they were beginning to get... Uh, Resumes for an opening for the, you know, to fill in. Right. And so they asked me, would I, would I be interested in taking the church full time? And I said, let me pray about it. Well, it went back to those three, three months at first Christian ball when I knew God could use me. So I said I would, you know, I would take them. And it was a wonderful ministry that it had. And uh, for 12 years, to 2012, 2012, oh. and Jesus' health got bad. We were driving from Tupelo up there, you know, um, 
we had a, a half in for the weekend, but still those trips were difficult. So how, how long a trip? Uh, it was about? 55 miles one okay. way from, from right. the half of the church. That's hard when your health is bad. It, it is, you know. And uh, But we had a mobile home set up, furnished, that we put up there. And we'd go up on Friday night and then come home Sunday night, you know, work to visit and minister. But it was still rough on her because she was working full-time, too, a full-time job. Mm. And so uh, Brother Travis Smith, had uh, he had preached for me. He, he didn't have a church at the time. He, he preached for me in, in February of 2012. I had knee surgery, and, and it went real good, you know, it seemed like well, the first of March, I, uh, I prayed about it, and I said, uh, if I resign, uh, I've been praying. I didn't want to leave without a minister. And I said, right. you know, if I resign, that'll leave Brother Travis door open to come back in. So to so the first of uh, March of 2012, I, I gave my resignation and uh, and, and uh, got word to Brother Travis, you know, that that's the reason I was resigning. And, uh, and so I, they were going to be the end of March of that year. Well, the Friday before that last Sunday, Judy had emergency by heart bypass surgery. That was her problem. So Brother Travis took over. He preached that Sunday, and then he took and started ministry on the first Sunday of March of April of 2012. But he's still there, currently still there. And huh. so God just, he, he started the church in 1987. I remember that. And, and, and what's amazing was it was the Baptist church. Yeah. And Brother Travis began to meet on Sunday mornings with the Christian church preachers at car rents, you know, Brother Ted and mm-hmm. Brother Bob Johnson, and, and, and he realized that the Christian doctrine was the right one, so he, he convinced the church to change from a Baptist church to a Christian church, and so that's how they would go up and have a ministry there, you know, so it was yeah. a great ministry. So. When we were in Tennessee, we, we brought a group of men down to help mm-hmm. construct the, yeah. and, and, and re, mm-hmm. redo that building that they that they bought, that metal yeah. building, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember when Travis and the whole church made that that yeah. change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said that's what I was preaching anyhow. <laughs> it's just Bible, and and uh, yeah. Yeah. so I might just well call us what we are, just yeah, exactly. Christians. You know, yeah. and, but they made a beautiful sanctuary. Out yeah, out it was beautiful. So uh, and so he came, he came back and took the church, and and I still supply priests uh, after I left there. It, when I had a opening for it and. And we just visited different churches. And then in uh, 2013, uh, we we visited Rome Christian Church. We'd been there back in the 80s. Brother right. Tom Perry was there. And we visited for a while and, and enjoyed worship. And, and uh, then at it in, uh, in September of, uh, of that year, Brother Tom took a church up in, in Linden Christian Church in Perry, Tennessee. Perry, yeah. Perry Tennessee. Yeah. And, and uh, the second Sunday of September was his last, uh, 2013 was his last Sunday. So the uh, leader, elders asked, could I help him out for a few weeks? And I, I said I could on it. And he ended up, uh, I had a four and a half year ministry there. A few it's weeks always seems to turn into something longer, doesn't it? But, but the thing yeah. about they had, they were, uh, they were talking about closing the church because they had, had had it surveyed and those things like that. And they said in this area, you know, and, uh, so, so when they talked to me about taking helping out the church, I said, "Well, I like one thing: is to take our focus off of clothing and put it on worshiping God." You know, so we had a we had a good ministry. Then in uh, May of uh, of twenty eighteen, uh, the leadership we were getting old as con- elderly as the congregation. No, you right. they decided to to take the prop close to church and give the property to Sunshine Christian Camp. 
mm-hmm. and they could sell it for the you know proceeds. They were building as they had fun, so it really helped them out. So everything it worked out good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was there's there's a yeah. church just south of there, yeah. and then and then and it's really Verona's connected to Tupelo, Tupelo exactly. basically. So exactly. and there's church in Tupelo as well. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Valley Christian so. Church is just right down the way. Right. And so what uh, we uh, we. We just supply priests and visit different churches from that time. And then in uh, March the 4th of uh, 2019, Brother Devin Duck, uh, uh, he was a friend and uh, he was a long-time minister of Crossroads Christian Church, passed away, had a massive heart attack and passed away. And so the, the church contacted me, uh, could I help him out, you know, there. And uh, so I, I came out the uh, the 24th, the third, I think third Sunday of of March and began the ministry of and, uh, of last year. In the last March of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, two years ago, uh, I'm sorry. Two years ago, right. yeah. And you know, and it was uh, uh the church was just in shock, you know, they lost their, Sure. and of course Susan, his wife, was still going here. It was a great loss not only to the church but yeah. to the churches of North Mississippi. It was, it was, it was you know, a fine man. And so I just asked God, you know, to give me the right messages, you know, to minister them. And I remember the first Sunday I came before I stepped behind the pulpit, I said, you know, I'm not here to take uh, Devin's place. I'm here to stand in the gap until, you know, we heal. Yeah, it's been good, you know, so. And Susan's still here. Still here. So, yeah, and, and, and still very much. And we've healed and, you know, and we've moved on. You know, it, we'll never forget Devin and what he did for the church here. Sure. But the church is uh, it's, it's, it's doing good now, you know, so doing good. So that's where we are now presently. And uh, I'm still the minister at uh, Crossroads Christian Church. And, and how how far is your drive from your home to here? It's a it's a thirty minute drive. It's about it's about twenty miles from here. Right. Uh, it's uh, it's a county road that church right. is on, right. but it's a busy county road, it is. and a lot of houses being built in the area. So right. a potential for yeah. futures. Not a, a lot of places the uh, people move away. In, out in the country, and here they're moving into more like a bedroom area of Tupelo. It is, exactly. And, no, and uh, I'm, I'm shocked when I come here and see all the new homes mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot so. of people just moving out. But on the outskirts of Tupelo, it's close enough to be, you know, to shop and everything right. in Tupelo. So it, it's, it is encouraging. So it does have a lot, of, a lot of potential, you know, for the church here. So. And you've right. got... Maybe twenty minutes to the Itawamba Church over in Fulton, uh, in Itawamba County at Fulton, right, right. and maybe fifteen twenty minutes to to Oak Ridge mm-hmm, uh, right, in Tupelo. In so Tupelo, it's right. a good location in the middle right, right, of, of those. Exactly. And and uh, yeah. uh, if you don't know it's here, you might not find it for a while. Because right. if you if you don't live here, but exactly. right. So, but, uh, but it's been a great ministry, you know, and and the church is. Uh, uh, it, it's doing good now, and I'm, I thank God for it. You know, well, over the years, Brother James, what have been some of your uh, toughest challenges in the ministry? You may have already expressed some of these, yeah, yeah. but what would you say would be your toughest challenges in in the ministry? Uh, you know, I, I think it's the toughest challenge is, is helping congregations that are hurting. You know, and uh-huh. you know, and being able to minister to them. And, yes, sir. And that's one of the great joys that I have. In my ministry is knowing that that God could use me, you know, to to help them, you know, because a lot of times if, if the church congregation is struggling, hurting, you know, they, they can't reach out, you know, and so you know 
first we've got to heal that hurt and then we will reach out. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges to have the right messages at the right time, you know. Right. So. Well, what about joys? Some of your some of your greatest joys or or maybe a story of a yeah. great joy or yeah, you know, I think the greatest joy is when you preach the gospel and you see somebody walk the aisle accept Jesus yes, Christ as your savior, you know. And and uh it, it's been great and yeah, and uh, I guess one of the joys that stands out is is I got to baptize my son in the, in the in Christ. And really? When I was at Verona, uh, he had been to church camp, and Brother Joe Cobb was the minister there then, you know. Yeah. And uh, he, he accepted the Lord, Nick accepted the Lord at, at church camp, and, uh, and so when it came time for, uh, you know, for the baptism, Brother Joe said, you want to baptize him? And I said, great, you know, as a elder at the time. That was a great joy, you know. There's, there's nothing better than, than, than giving birth, yeah, exactly, you know, and you know, being a part of that birth exactly, process. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was interesting that it, while he was coming up to be baptized, another young man walked the aisle to baptize two of them, you know. So it was oh. just great on it. So, but, it, but I've had a lot of joy in the ministry. You know, I've always been, uh, Judy and I and our family, we've always been, uh, close to ministers and their families, and uh, from the time Brother Dale Carr came to Tupelo, we've been friends with them over the years, and Brother Adair Gray and Joyce and those. But we've got to look get an inside look at ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then when uh, when I was at Verona, when I began to, to my preach my first sermon against the fly preach. I felt God pulling me into the ministry, you know. And at first, I didn't realize what was happening. You know, I didn't. I thought, you know, I'd take sermon notes and go home and restudy the sermon. You know, I thought, what am I doing that for? But God was leading me. You know, I wish all church members do that. <laughs> go home and study. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Exactly, you know? yeah. But it was. Uh, but how God led me in, it was to the ministry, and I've been so blessed. On, you know. And you've been through the years, really. You, you've been kind of a tent maker preacher. I guess because you you've had another job and but you've been uh, out there any church that needed you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and sometimes both have been difficult. That you know, but but God always made it work. You know what? We uh, when we took the church at charity, we we would drive up on Wednesday night for Bible study. You know, and uh, and it was uh, it was kind of tough. You know, but but God led us through it. You know, so. I met Judy at Cracker Barrel. We'd leave one vehicle and drive up there and come back and pick it up, you know. But, um, you know, but God's churches are, are so full of wonderful people. Martha Brea, a lady at Charity Christian Church, she would cook extra supper, you know, for supper, dinner, yeah. some kind of dinner. But when we would get there, she'd have her supper ready for us, you know. So she said, I just put a little extra in the pot, you know, and all. So, but they've been so good, you know. So it's, it's, it's good to hear that. Yeah, it's know. been a blessing. Uh, we we have we have to remember the good things because sometimes uh, preachers uh, I'll just say it preachers focus on the negatives and there are negatives we have to deal with but as I say any anything you do in this life you're going to have negatives and you're going to have some bad experiences but we need to re- focus on who we're serving and not forget who we're serving and why we're serving and and just keep on serving. You know, I've used that a lot in my ministry. Especially uh, serving as elder and deacon, you know, I would ask myself, am I doing this because I have a title or because I want to do it, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, so just kind of a keep me in line, you know, because I want to reach out, you know, minister to people, you know. So, but it is that we do have to keep our, on the on positive, you know, and all. 
So well, as a as a testament to yeah. to this congregation here at Crossroads, we're on our last night of revival as yeah. we're recording this, yeah. uh, and to you, Brother James, yeah. uh, we've had uh, three preachers from the area mm -hmm. that have come this week to attend, and Brother Del Carr was yeah. one of those came last oh, night, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was a real blessing, and 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 uh, to see him, and 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 also. Um, uh, who but else? Are you, but, but he came too nice. He was glutton for punishment. And R.K. Wilson. And all three of those men, uh, I encourage our listeners, if they haven't heard, go back and listen to yes, their yeah. interviews that we've yeah. done on, on Frontline Servants, too. Well, what do you see as the challenge, maybe the greatest challenge that's ahead for the church? Uh, or that we're facing right now, or that you see coming ahead, yeah. if you would. You know, uh, I, I, I think the church has got to really, you know, get out and, and witness to people, you know. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, Satan has a really, a really foothold in the society today, you know that. Yes, sir. But I, I, another reason I think that so many other religions have come into the country, you know, you know, it's led a lot of people that we could get in into other religions on this. Right. Yeah. But I, I believe the biggest challenge is uh, it, is to get the gospel out there, you know, so people can hear it and, and understand it and respond to it, you know. But, I think that's right because we, um, we get so busy. Uh, I say this a lot. We get so busy yeah. being churchy. Yeah. That we're not we're not doing what God has called us to do to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and it, it becomes commonplace for a friend or neighbor or relative to die who's outside of Christ and us to attend their funeral yeah. and say, "Well, gee, that that's a sad thing," yeah. and we we're not really realizing the eternal consequences. Amen. Somehow we have forgotten how bad hell is, Amen. and and that, or maybe we've forgotten. Uh, how much love God had for us that we ought to have that for these people yeah. to share the gospel with them. And we ought to ha we need to have a passion for sharing the gospel, uh, not only as church members, but uh, as a lot of ministers listen to this, a lot of preachers, uh, we need not to just have a passion about preaching right. or a passion about uh, doing the, I don't like to use the word pastoral work because that's really the elders, but right. we do a lot of that. Right. Uh, to do that type of work, but we need to have a passion for realizing that there are lost people all around us. Exactly. And we need to see from the spiritual, not just the physical, we need to see these are lost people. And and uh, I need to find out this person that I see when I go yeah. in and buy my Dr. Pepper at the, at the gas station. Exactly. No. I need to know, I need to get to know that person yeah. to where I can start a relationship and say to them, do you know Christ? Exactly. You know. Yeah. That's a good point. It is good. Yeah. And, and my, you know, probably the biggest challenge, I think, for our churches is to get our people to witness to people, you know. Yes, sir. Go out and invite, you know, you can invite people to church, but, you know, uh, you need to tell them about Christ. They didn't have a reason to come to church, you know. Right. Because they needed to know Jesus, you know. And, uh, and, uh, so. Well, so what is, someone thinks, well, what is the reason for going into a church building? What what is the reason they need to know? Exactly. The reason you're asking them, yeah. what I, I hear you're yeah. saying, is because yeah. my life has been changed and I'm I'm a, a resurrected life in Christ, and 
and I'd like you to experience this as well Amen. because exactly. I care about you. Yeah. I, I tell congregation, just do what Paul, Apostle Paul did. He just gave us testimony, you know. I was on the road to Damascus, and that bright light shine, you know, and he would tell it, you know, how God changed him, and we can tell how people changed us, you know. Because anyone that that's don't know Christ, they, they, they come here, they don't know the songs we sing, what they mean, you know. Right. They don't know when we take the Lord's Supper, you know. Is it So uh, if something, we have to start off giving them a reason to come to church, you know, uh, to come and worship the Lord and Savior it can change their lives. You know? I believe there are hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people in this country, who have considered going to church, mm-hmm. but they don't know what happens within the walls of the church. Now, Amen. years ago when when we were young, everybody had some sense of what happened in church. Everybody had some sense of the Bible, right. but all that's been taken out of schools, so you don't even have a little bit of Bible reading. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what happens inside of a church building. And they need a friend to take them by, by the elbow and say, I'm going to walk in with you. Right. You sit with me and I'll explain anything exactly. you you want to know. Yeah. And and I always say our churches, uh, if they have a, a, a worship folder or bulletin, need to think about the wording that they put in there. Right. Uh, so often we have the word invocation. Right. Well, maybe we should just put opening prayer because most everybody knows what prayer is. We have the word doxology. I I asked that in a class of 40 people on a Wednesday night in a church I served in Arkansas years ago. What does the word doxology mean? Right. And one of my elders who didn't know, nobody in that, in that adult class of 40 knew what it meant. One of my elders being a little facetious, he was a fun-loving guy, raised his hand and said, uh, here comes the money. Because they always brought the money forward from the offering, and and so it. My point was made. Why don't we, instead of having doxology with a little asterisk, which means stand up? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and back then we didn't have PowerPoint or any yeah. anything like that. People were just supposed to know the words. Uh, I said, why don't we put in the bulletin uh, after the offering? Let's stand and praise the Lord and put the number of the doxology in the book. And they all, and then instead of benediction, put closing prayer. Exactly. And just think of things that, from the viewpoint of somebody, and this was back in the '90s. So we need to think about how far we've come as a country, or how low we've fallen, if I, you put it like that. That people really don't know now. They really have no idea what what these words that are that are common to people who've been going to church for a long time. Right, exactly. uh, we need to think like someone who has not gone and, and uh, still worship. Our worship needs to be, yeah. it needs to be biblical. It needs to be correct. It needs to be uh, not a show, but worship. But we need to consider some of the wording that we use for, for the visitors who are with us. Amen, exactly. You know, I, I think something else in our Christian churches, Brother Tom, is, uh, and I'm guilty, is we don't have any, like, a new convert training, you know. Yes, a lot sir. of times we work hard to get them down the aisle and get get people baptized, and then we just let them go, you know. And so, but that's just, they need that milk of the Word, and, the, you know, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to nurse them until they get on that meat of the Word. Discipling. The discipling, exactly, you know. So maybe in smaller churches we don't do that. Maybe bigger churches do, but I see that as a something that we really need to work on. Just a year or so ago, uh, south of here at, at uh, Common Ground mm-hmm. Christian Church, right, yeah. 
Brother Greg, our associate in this ministry, uh, did a discipleship seminar over a weekend with that church. And uh, uh, I'd recommend you might think about talking to him about doing that. He, he did a, I understood, understand that they really enjoyed that and, and learned a lot to it and uh i could do it but he's already got a program <laughs> why not use it you might talk with him and and anyone listening that might want to know yeah. about that i know over the years i've seen you know uh like 13 lessons on christian doctrine we've got the material you know right on the level you can teach them you know what what is communion what what would the lord suffer for why do we give offer you know but it's just it seems like nobody takes the time to to teach that you know? right and sometimes i think Church members think, well, this ought to be a, a, a class. Yeah, right. They don't realize that each one right. can take this new person, can walk up to them and say, I'd like to spend some time with exactly. you and and share some things and, and help you to understand some things better as a new Christian. Exactly. And uh, that's a very good point, very valid point, Brother yeah, James. Yeah. Somebody can just take one-on-one say, you know, I'm going to help you get... You know, and it's really what discipling is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's really doing it as a group, you can do it individually, you know. So, yes, sir. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll help you anything you need, you know. So. Uh, well, is there anything else you can think of that that uh, comes to mind? I can't you? think of any other time. <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed the interview. And, uh, I've enjoyed being with you. I've, I've certainly learned a lot. Did not know you grew up in a sharecropper's family. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't even understand that. I yeah. I encourage you, if you don't know what that is, uh, Google it. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Google it and learn. It, uh, yeah. And I might ask you to share with us one more time. Okay. What was that years ago that you wrote in the front of your Bible Okay. That led you into ministry, really. Okay. I, I, I read when I was doing that read through the Bible, it was one of those in the book. It said, God does not ask about your ability or your inability, but He asks about your availability. And I think you are a great example, Brother James, of someone who took that to heart and have been available for many, many years in the Mid-South. Thank you. And uh, Thank we appreciate you so much. I appreciate uh, everyone, all the ministers who are listening who have given their lives and sometimes their livelihoods to, to yeah. minister for the Lord and those who are uh, tent makers, as you've been so many years. Uh, and we just appreciate it. And maybe this message, uh, this time with Brother James, might be an encouragement to someone our listeners know. And I would encourage you to share this podcast with them and, and encourage them to listen. And maybe that might lift them up from a, a low point in their life or encourage them to be available. Amen. A good way to end. Well, until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.